Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area. And me, myself, I am taking a break from taking breaks, and I'm actually here for the show today when I was supposed to be on vacation last week, but I was slacking. But we are here recording to bring you information you may not find on those other radio shows. The last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. So to get things started off, I owe JR an apology, which I don't think he's prepared for. I don't know if I've ever Oh, wait, whoa, 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 Jim, JR. Jim, clip of the week. Yeah. Just a quick, go is ahead. This, is this the clip? So this was, I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before, but we were talking about the LLPM. It was last week. Fees. Was it last week? Yep, you were and in I Las just, Vegas. I was here yeah. working my fingers to the bone. Yeah, see, I should have just not gone on the show, and then I wouldn't have to apologize. So right. we were having the conversation. JR kept referring to it as a fee. I said, I don't believe it's a fee. I think it's something that's built into the rates. Um, and I think they're narrowing the gap between people with good credit and bad credit. So we did, we had this conversation in the office yesterday and turns out the definition of whatever that LLPA thing is, is it is a fee. Granted, it is also built into these overall rates, uh, but it is a fee. So I take that back. I mean, I kind of knew people that were responsible were getting screwed either way, uh, but I was wrong and JR was right. But my biggest, my biggest thing was, because the argument was fee, fee, fee. And he's like, well, all of these articles say fee. My biggest issue with the media and all these blasts um, on kind of any stories is it's sensationalized. You know, they can take bits and pieces of a story that aren't super important and then make them seem like they matter. So I really did believe that this was just something that was probably something that was already going on and that these new articles were sensationalizing, sensationalizing it's significance and uh i do believe i am wrong now so you, JR, you, you are right do, you do realize the final objective of this show any level of media you you do know it's to get more listenership it's to create a buzz it's to get action taken mm -hmm. you do realize sensationalism is what our job is right oh i 100%. mean if it bleeds it, it leads there's all kinds of people that have said forever but i hate that and technically we are the media now, so we can be better than that. And I want to be better than that. Cause I mean, I think about our show, right? All the doom and gloom about how the market's going to collapse and the next great depression is it coming. Is. It's like, right. But we have evidence to back this up. We're not trying to sensationalize this. We've literally been talking about how the banks are on the brink of failure yet. Now it's actually happening, but nobody's reacting. Actions have no consequences. So I know that, People may feel like this is a sensationalized show, but we'll change our tune 
when things look better. But there's so many things in the background that people aren't talking about that, you know, there, there's no foundation to what we're seeing in these markets. It is so funny, the transformation of Anthony in the last five years from somebody who came in the office saying there's always been something to worry about. What are you worried about to you seeing what I see now? You know, I mean, you're a critical thinker. You, you are of reasonable intelligence. I mean, anybody that cannot see that this country and the world has a lot of problems, what you're doing it intentionally, you know, it, maybe it's time to, to dust off the normalcy bias quote. I mean, I, I, you know, why, why do people not see what we see? Well, glad you asked. Let me read you the definition of normalcy bias. Normalcy bias is a cognitive bias which leads people to disbelieve or minimize threat warnings. Consequently, individuals underestimate the likelihood of a disaster, when it might affect them, and its potential adverse effects. The normalcy bias causes many people to not adequately prepare for natural disasters, market crashes, and calamities caused by human error. It's also called analysis paralysis, the ostrich effect. I Dumb bring it down up. To the, me. Explain it to me like I'm five. Don't give let me, me explain it to you like you're five. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? How old are you when I you're in fifth not. grade? Because I, I, I don't know if you're five when you're in fifth grade. But either way, I'm going to explain it to you. So I, there, I live with somebody. There's a, there's a woman in this house, beautiful, smart, intelligent, funny, nice woman named Sandy. Sandy is America. I am not. Sandy, today's Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd. You know what day today is? It's two very important milestone days of the week. One, it is Federal Reserve Meeting Day. So by the time you hear this, you'll know if they raise by a quarter of a point, which is baked into the cake, as they say. So, But you know what else it is? It is the Masked Singer Day, my favorite day of the week. So your mom works hard. She gets home. If you don't know this, if you're new to our show, my wife is also Anthony's mother. We have his, hers, and ours. So basically, it is a lot easier to watch TV and not think about all this stuff. What I do, because I help people manage their finances, I try to look into the future without a crystal ball. We are not a transactional office. You, Anthony, you're a fiduciary. You have your property and casualty license, and you don't even offer those services. You did it so you can insure your own car. You're a, an odd duck. We're certified long-term care specialists. You know, you're a investment advisor representative at a registered investment advisory firm. Yeah. I you remember I don't when know I asked you what uh, normalcy bias means. As a, I'm trying to set the stage. This like is radio. I need to paint a picture. Settle ago. down. It was a simple question. Oh, Settle down. I'll still ground you. I'm going I back to Vegas. You're my stepson. <laughs> I will pay for the gas. Speaking of gas, did you notice that the gas prices have stayed steady the last week? But they're way up there and barrels of oil are down to like 70 bucks a barrel. Hey, government, fill the strategic oil reserve while the gas is around $70. And, well, I mean, um, that goes into what we'll talk about later is inflation is they can just get away with it. It doesn't matter. I mean, we just got used to paying it. So they'll charge whatever because people will pay it. Nobody's why, protesting with their wallets. Why are you not letting me explain normalcy bias? Why right, are you I'm talking done. about inflation? <laughs> okay. So back to normalcy bias. 
you know what? It's a lot easier to watch TV and not worry about all the stuff. You know, I comb things at night. I read, I watch videos. I've got my favorite YouTube channels. I do all of this stuff so I can disseminate information and bring it to our clients. Now we start this radio show about a year and a month ago to sound alarms, not to drum up sales. You don't need to call us in the next 30 minutes so you get a free consultation. You can call us tomorrow and it'll still be free. So basically with everything I read in here, you know, this morning I'm hearing about the Navy, the United States Navy. There's a marketing campaign to push for transgender Navy recruits. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I don't care if somebody's transgender. The, the whole thing is why are we being pulled in so many directions? You know why I think? Because if you give me 10 things to worry about, I can't pick one. If I have to worry about gun control, abortion, you know, black versus white, gay versus straight, haves versus have nots, if I have too much to worry about, I'm going to give up and watch TV. It's safer. Sandy is less likely to have a stroke or heart attack than me. But you know what? It, it's important to do both. I have to find ways to calm myself. Last night, I went over to a friend's house. I actually was at Michael C. Shout out to the Michael C. in Sun City. You know, our main source of information. Anthony's tired of me saying about Michael C. in Sun City. He's like, enough. We get it. We You have a little inside mole. But anyway, so I was over there. We had steak. We had beer. It was just a pleasant evening. So <laughs> I get off the track pretty easily. I, I understand that. But this is good radio, right? I mean, it's it's engaging to get to know me and what I do on my off hours. So I look for all this stuff. It is really, really bleak. You know, this morning I'm hearing that there was a drone strike. Two drones went to kill Putin. <laughs> you know, I guess it wasn't successful or it'd be a bigger story. You know, rootin' tootin' Putin avoids death again. But anyway, so, and there's Ukraine is denying that they had anything to do with it. I don't know. I mean, maybe some other country did it. Maybe some other country at least funded it. I mean, who knows? But it is, it's so much. We're being pulled in so many directions. You know, next week or about a week and a half out, Title 42 expires. There's this huge, huge mass wave of people ready to come in the country. Are they going to vet them and verify them and make sure they all get good jobs? And, you know, and, and it, if give me all this stuff, I can't focus on anything. I'm having focus problems right now, even narrowing down what to talk about with this because there's so much, you know, the, the whole thing about this country. There are problems aplenty. We bring solutions too. I mean, you know, I've said for a long time, you know, our motto, we want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. So all of the stuff, we have one hour a week to get this stuff to you. We have one hour a week to sound these alarms. When you come in our office, we focus on what you need done. Yesterday, we had a woman named Nancy come in the office. She needed help with an insurance company. We helped her. And by the way, I don't want to get off track on that, but Nancy was a wonderful woman, very, very nice, very smart. She was a little bit skeptical of the appointment because she's like, well, what, what's the charge? And I'm like, well, there's no charge because we didn't really do anything for you. We took a little time with you. And she was like, yeah, but you know, there's always a charge. There's nothing free. I'm like, well, and I explained to her, I'm like, if you ever have a need, if you need to see Anthony to do securities, if you need EFTs and all that exciting stuff, he'll explain you know, he'll explain the charges and whether or not it's worth it. He'll give you full disclosure. If you ever come to us for safe type money management, odds are the company is going to pay us. You know, they pay us to find you. So we'll talk about that. But 
and it's it's funny because I look at these different offices. They they're it's hard for people to spend two hours with somebody without getting paid. You know why? I mean, we all want to make money. Everybody, no matter what you do, you're in it to make money. We have to. We have mortgages and car payments. It, it's the pressure and quotas in the financial services arena. It's staggering. You can be the most honest advisor on the planet. If you don't keep moving people's money, you're going to have a new job in six months if you make it that long. Boy, I really got off track, didn't I? I'm looking at your eyes glassed over. I don't even know yeah. for sure that you're awake. <laughs> so I tell right. you, I'm in the car. I'm heading to Vegas again. Apparently you I don't need me. Idea. I think that's a good idea. Next week and you'll miss half the show, but at least we'll have some stories. So to finish up the normalcy bias, all I'm getting at is I feel like, yes, our show is redundant. We say a lot of the same things every week and you hit on it. We're going to say the same things every week until there is no need to say the same things every week. And I'll make this one quick because we don't have to spend a half an hour on it, but we've been telling you, close your safe deposit box. We've been telling you for years, take out some cash. So does the First Republic Bank, does that shake you? Does that make people more, you know, think more? It's not over. It wasn't just Credit Suisse and Silicon Valley Bank. Now this, this First Republic, apparently it's like the 14th largest bank in the country. Big deal. I've never heard of it. Never heard of any of these banks. You know what is going on? They're purging. We're all going to go to the big 10 financial institutions that we told you about when it comes to do with 14067. Fed now, we are thinning the herd slowly. So the big banks are going to get bigger because they are going to survive. The smaller banks are going to purge. I still don't think it's over. By the way, Jamie Dimon comes out on Monday and he tells people, you know, this one, this one, now that I own this, you know, Jamie owns this new bank. Now you can be rest assured that we're, we're going to make the waters calm. You know what? Whenever you tell me to be calm, you know what I do? I get extra nervous. This is not over. I'm trying to tell people this banking thing is not over. And, you know, uh, out again comes the government saying that, don't worry, it's not on the taxpayer's dime. <laughs> you know, come on. And by the way, we are about out of FDIC money. So what happens, you know, if there is a continued run on the banks? Because I can't say if there's a run on the banks. There is. It's going on right now. It's been going on. It's going to keep going on. So- the FDIC, we've been warning people, go on FDIC.gov and you will find at the end of 2022, because the new numbers aren't out yet, I believe it was 1.23% insurance coverage on your covered accounts. Covered accounts meaning under $250,000. Over $250,000, you are taking a risk and you don't get your money back. Oh, wait a minute, but then it came store on the bank. Then came First Republic. Too big to fail. Here we go again. I have to say the same things like a little parrot. Too big to fail. Now the banks, we're going to start seeing the ones that are too small to fail. They're too small to fail are going to get eaten up. I'm looking at you, Wells Fargo, B of A and Chase. You know, you don't have to open up fake account anymore as Wells because here's real ones. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get to adopt all these new clients that are genuine. The, the, they violated the rules. Yellen, you know, Powell, all the, whoever's in charge of the money in this country. I, I think they're little children, but anyway, they, they're picking and choosing who they're going to bail out. You know what George Carlin said? It's a big club and you ain't in it. So 
hey, they're going to bail out Mark Cuban. Well, they did. I mean, he got his money already. But they're not going to bail out you, Anthony. Jimbo, guess what? All your accounts at Wells Fargo, they're not going to bail you out when it gets to you. So act accordingly. With that said, with the banks, please do run to your local bank. Try to grab a little money. We, Anthony, we have a person that works near us in our little our little compound, conveniently located on 98th and Bell Road in Sun City. And this person, I won't even say the gender, went to go get $5,000 at a local financial institution. I don't think I should mention PNC Bank's name because I don't know if that's slanderous or defamation of characterists, but he went to get five, I'm sorry, they went to get $5,000. And so far, I haven't heard the resolution yet, but they're having a little trouble. We've been telling people, if you want $5,000 or less, you're going to have no problem. If you want $5,000 or more, that's where it starts getting gray. They start asking you questions. They might make you make an appointment. Uh, so maybe that's going lower now. These banks are nervous. These banks are not having a good time right now. They know. <laughs> they see the writing on the wall. So I just, you know, I look at it like musical chairs. When the music stops, if you're standing up and you don't get a chair, I'm sorry for you. You know, you, you little fish out there. Anybody that has under $5 million, they're not going to save you. So we'll I see. Mean, you got to be first. I mean, every, you know, we're saying pull money now while everybody else is pull, pulling money now, right? Hence these runs on the banks. But we were telling you way before then, because if you're not first, episode. you know. Go back to our second had... episode that was on the banks. It's it was a just... year and a month ago. A year and a month ago, we told you, get money out of the banks. We, You've been in the office five years. I've been telling people slowly, without ever panicking. I'm not chicken little. The sky's not falling. Well, it kind of is now, but it wasn't five years ago. And we were telling people, be diversified, pay down debt, buy hard assets. Let us educate you about all the wondrous products at insurance companies. You still need your pie chart. You need cash. You need real estate. You need stocks and bonds. There's a place for everything. But sometimes you should have you should be awake and be aware and be nimble. You know, I mean, right now, I would say it's an outstanding time. If you have a 401k, let us look at it with you. If you have an old 401k, let us look at it with you. Maybe it's best to cash it out. I don't know. Usually not, but maybe. Maybe it's best to put it into an IRA. I don't know. Let's look at it. I can tell you what, one of the strategies that I would probably consider employing right now, if you have, let's say you have $300,000 in your 401k and you're in a normal age-based growth situation, say you're 55, whatever, 60, stop thinking about your age right now and your date of birth. Stop letting these advisors tell you, don't try to time the market, you know, stop. What, what financial advisors are missing is the world around us. Yes, we understand your age. We understand how to help you get to your risk tolerance. We understand to look at your tax bracket, your income, your assets, all that stuff. You know what we're never trained to do? We're never trained to react based on the media, the news, the potential of black swan events. Well, this world is so precarious. Now is the time to revamp the entire financial planning manual. I'm willing to do it. Anybody that wants to call me, I'm willing to revamp the entire financial advising platform. And you know what I'm going to tell you? Number one right now, it's your money next to your health. It's the second most important thing, at least on this world. So act accordingly. I love that I've been acting. I've been saying act accordingly lately because people are not acting. 
they're stuck in that normalcy bias. Hopefully I finished that up because it's long gone now. They're, they're not acting. There's still a bunch of people that are saying, should I still take money out of the banks? Uh, yeah, we think you should. Are you too late? Not yet. Will you be in six months? Probably. You know, don't forget, FedNow is fully launched on July 1st. You know, we told people a year ago that you should be watching, you know, for a potential of a Friday bail in. We explained to people the difference between a bail in and a bail out. That's still on the table. We explained to people executive order 14067. We asked you to look it up. We've explained to people, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Restrict Act. We've told you all these things to look up. Have you? You know, I mean, every week we pride ourselves on bringing something new for you to worry about, <laughs> for, at least for you to familiarize yourself with. I, I, it, you know, some people are. Some people are asking questions and they're acting accordingly. Some people are not. So we're still going to sound alarms. But anyway, with the banks, you're not too late. Make sure you at least consider what you should be doing with the banks. If you need help, let us know. If you do have a 401k, if you got $300,000, you may want to look at safeguarding that money. 401ks always have a money market or a stable value fund. Safeguard that 300 grand just temporarily. We're not saying get out of the normal stuff. We're saying get out of the normal stuff, perhaps for now. And then when the time is right, which to me, I'm probably at least going to stay sidelined. Me personally, JR's account. I'm going to stay sidelined until November, December at the earliest. I want to see what happens with Fed now. I want to see how inflation is going to keep progressing. I want to see what's coming. And the markets used to be where they didn't like uncertainty. You know, the Teflon down, now it doesn't care. It's just up, up, up. You know, luckily this week we had a little bit of a down action. So maybe there is some legitimacy to the market. I don't know, 2% maybe. So I don't know. I mean, safeguard what you have. And then if things start going down and you're getting money out of your paycheck every other week, go more aggressive, protect your 300 grand. So you don't lose 10 or 20 or 30%. And then you can bump up the risk level of what you're buying. And then you kind of hope for a market correction because you're buying on sale. When you buy things into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you're buying shares. So if you can buy the shares at 20% off and then you have time to let the world normalize, then the shares come up, then you make money. The old buy low, sell high that our grandparents talked about before we had high frequency trading computers and stock buyback repurchasing shenanigans. It, it's super simple on paper. It's a simple concept. In reality, it's very, very difficult, but we can help you. We can be the stomach and discipline you need to help you do these things. Reach out to us. What else, Anthony? I see you frantically reading your articles. We have a ton of articles today. Do you, do you want to have me slow down before the stroke and you give me another topic? Do you want me to talk about that fee? What, where do you want to go with this right now? I mean, right now we've only got two minutes left until uh, this segment's up, but you were talking about the FDIC. Right. We said they had about 100 billion in their coffers based on their annual report last year. They're talking about 20 billion. Um, th those are the numbers we're seeing, right? For losses. So far, like what? 13, for those banks. 13 billion yeah. at Silicon. But seven. those assets that they were covering, I mean, again, they were covering assets that weren't insured, right? There's something known. It's an exception. It's the systematic risk exception that the FDIC can use. It's a caveat to the 1991 uh, FDIC Act. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're going out of their way to cover money they shouldn't have covered. They don't have the proceeds for it. 
so where's that money coming from? Because we still have a debt ceiling issue, right? Well, yeah, so now we do, do have to talk be, about that. Yeah, that'll be a big thing that we talk about. I mean, it's really, we've brought this up for months because the country essentially went broke last March, um, but they still have enough in their coffers. You know, they're planning to actually be out of money starting in June is when yes. they think they'll be Yellen defaulting. Moved it so up. It'll be Janet interesting, right? Because we're still... Up. We're still moving money out of the country. But uh, so in the meantime, right? So we'll come back. We'll talk about that. In the meantime, you can find past episodes of Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. You can also find them on our website at anothermoneyshow.com. You can schedule appointments with us directly from anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on uh, rochfordfinancial.com. Give us a call at 623 Five two three zero four four four. That number again is six two three five two three zero four four four. And as always, you can email us your thoughts, questions, anything you got at team at anothermoneyshow.com. We will be right back. Thank you. This is another money show. Except this one's different. This one's actually fun. When it comes to saving money this year, why not do it the old-fashioned way, clipping coupons? I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Coupons are still a great way to save money in the digital age, with a lot less paper cuts. You can still find coupons and sales promotions in newspapers and magazines, but things have changed over the years. These days, there are a lot more opportunities to save money by searching online. The tools that are available now online make that really easy for shoppers to find the very best offer. That's Jason Test with the coupon website Honey, speaking with NBC's Today Show. The shift away from traditional paper coupons coupled with inflation does make it harder for some people to save. Take Kirsty Torek, an extreme couponer, for example. She recently told the Today Show. I'm saving about 15% less than I was last year. Um, but I'm also seeing probably 50% less sales and less moneymaker items. Still, she says there are plenty of ways to save if you know where to look. Websites like Retail Me Not have been around for a while, but there are also newer apps dedicated to couponing, helping you keep the savings at your fingertips. Do not pay for toothpaste. Don't pay for shampoo and conditioner, laundry detergent, personal care items and household essentials. Always, always, always have a coupon. So do you know where to go to find coupons that could save you a pretty penny? It's a key question to consider, and it's one of the 23 retirement cost cutters for 2023. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no-obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. 
Rochford and Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you. Thanks so much for listening to another Money Show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate our show on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. I am J.R. Rochford with Anthony Correo and our producer extraordinaire, Jim Terabokia. So we, as always, do appreciate your help. Please make sure you tell people about us. We have a YouTube channel if you want to see how we look and how we dress and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, we're, we're thick skinned. If you want to do that face for radio thing, we're, we're in. So back to current events and everything going on, you know, you, you brought up the debt ceiling, which is looming large. So they said that it would be sometime between July, August, September, you know, get ready. We're not going to have enough money. A couple things. One, Janet Yellen moved it up. Now she's saying as soon as June 1st which I'm not good with math or numbers, but I think that's only like three weeks away. Yeah, you know, they've been saying June point. since the beginning. Well, that's the only they... date I've ever seen was the beginning of June. I heard some miscellaneous people, but from her, I could have swore it was June this whole time. I've been saying yeah. June. That's not what I heard. I heard it was later in the summer, but I mean, either way, you know, Doesn't I guess matter. the point being, we're going to hit our debt ceiling. The first thing I want to know, we have been giving foreign aid to in the neighborhood of 150 out of the neighborhood of 190 countries. Does that get suspended first? You know, do we still take care of other people before ourselves? I think that's that's great. We are, you know, a shining example. We're we're the greatest country story ever told. But my question is when we're completely broke and we can't handle our own Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, we have a huge growing homeless problem. We have people that are food insecure. How is it that we can help other countries? I'm not saying stop. I'm saying suspend. You know, was well, that part of how we've become or continued to be a world power because we donate everywhere else so people are willing to buy our debt? Because what happens? I mean, all of this collapses. We have no money. So if we show weakness by stopping funds to everywhere else, nobody's going to buy our debt, right? I mean, this Ponzi scheme only works as long as people keep buying into it. It will well, happen yeah, when people stop buying our debt. Well, you'll know this summer. It'll start this summer. And then do I think, you know, it starts July 1st when Fed now gets here and we've defaulted? No. Uh, no, I mean, you know, we're not all going to die, but that's where it starts. We we become less relevant in the world. Saudi Arabia, you know, France, all these countries are pushing the the world reserve currency away from the dollar. So, you know, does the country end on a Wednesday? No, but the beginning of it does. You know, we're not relevant anymore. When you have 31.7 trillion in debt, trillion, 12 zeros followed by number, which is a number nobody can fathom. Now, a couple of weeks ago, for the first time I heard the word quadrillion. I mean, I, I you know, I don't have enough fingers and toes, you know, to, to even picture a billion. And here I am trying to, a billion. <laughs> so, and here I am trying to picture a quadrillion now. I, I can't you know, trillions of dollars. So it, it is game over. And what you're saying is correct. Did, did we really make the world a safer place? You know, I don't want to get into nation building and, and, you know, things that behind the scenes are happening. What I really wonder, did we, did we buy friends? Did we buy love? Did we really think the whole world wanted to be a, a, you know, democratically, 
you know, run world. No, no. People have been fighting for thousands of years. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I see things through a financial lens. I know we're broke. I know sooner or later when you're broke, somehow you have to figure that out sooner or later. Well, you know, it used to always be later. When are we going to fix Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid? It's not politically popular. If you want to keep your seat, you better leave it alone. Well, now they're fixing it. They have to. You know, I told you five years ago when we talked about that, why do I do less Social Security planning than I did, you know, for years? Because it's it, it's changed. You know, I told you there's going to be a three-prong approach. They're going to raise the age across the board. We're not going to have a choice anymore. Do I want to take it at 62 or 66 in 10 months or 70? That's off the table. They're going to move it, whether it's 70 or 75, who knows, but that's coming. And then that's not going to be enough. So the second thing they're going to do, they're going to lower the benefit. You've said 23, 25% you've read. Of course, they're going to do that. It's not going to be enough. Then they're going to take the younger workers you know, I mean, I have kids. They're going to take these kids instead of six and a half percent out of their paycheck. They're going to move it up 10, 12, 18, who knows? So they're going to have to fix it. We are also going to have to fix our debt and deficit, you know, and, and luckily there's a plan. We don't have to fix it. We just have to change our currency. If you haven't looked up UMC, UMU, what is it? UMU, the Universal Monetary Currency, UMC, Unicoin. We brought that up a couple of weeks ago. Look up Unicoin. You know, 20 years ago, I heard of something called the Amero. There was going to be a new currency called the Amero. Well, it's no longer going to be called the Amero, but it's here. You know, I, I believe it will start being implemented this summer. You know, and, and again, what do you do about it? That's great. What do you do about it? Who cares? Who cares? You know, I have so much to worry about. Who cares? You know, there's yeah, artificial intelligence. I mean, we are. Changing currency is going to be a change in a currency. You have hard assets. You know, we talked about the goldbacks, things like that. Well, and goldbacks, they're they're not taken off. I mean, they're they're a great idea. They're great on paper. They're a great concept. But I mean, all it is, it's it's just another way to buy gold. It's not its own currency. So, but we've we've covered that a lot in other episodes. What else do we have for this week? You want to talk about this bipartisan bill, AOC and Matt Gates? Yeah, but one more thing about the about the debt ceiling and about how this is going to play out. You know, when I say, are we going to stop funding other countries? You know, are we going to stop giving money to Ukraine? I this all comes back to me as always. Who is going to suffer? You know, the rich get richer, the poor hover, and the middle class shrinks. I say it all the time. It's going to hurt us. And Anthony, it sounds like you're downplaying a hair. What? Where this is going to go when you well, do the, a new currency and we adapt, is it going to lead to social credit scores? The people that, that really well, those are, are different worried. conversations. That's well, it. Yeah, Changing but, a currency doesn't necessarily mean social credit scores. The social credit scores come from being a digital currency. So it's, it's just Well, and what do you think? What currency do you think we're going to have in two years? Do oh, you we're going to have, have a digital currency. currency. Okay. And, and you just said that leads to potential. But, cr- no, I mean, this conversation was about the debt ceiling. My whole thing on the debt sin is it's been raised on average more than once a year for the last 80 years. Yeah. 70 times, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so it's going to get raised. We're, I mean, that's, it's what's going to happen. So talking about this debt ceiling, it is a big deal because we keep pushing the can down the line, but they're just going to do it. And we're going to just kind of keep going on with our ways until we can't anymore. Well, and that time's here. 
you, you, I don't think we can fathom what kind of changes are in store over the next years. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this article. It says since 1960, Congress has acted 78 times to permanently raise, temporarily extend, or revise the definition of the debt ceilings. 49 times under Republican presidents and 29 times under Democratic presidents, according to the Treasury Department. I don't care what side. It's fiscal responsibility that we need. I don't care which side None of the of aisle is doing it. this. No, they don't. So again, replace them. Term limits. The, you know, these politicians that are in office 40, 50 years. That's ridiculous. You leave your job. You, you volunteer to help the country and you go back to your job in four years. This is absolutely ridiculous. But again, the middle class is about to be rattled. And, and, you know, I get upset about this stuff more for you than me. I don't know if that you can even understand that. I am older. I'm going to see less of this. What I'm doing is looking out five, 10, and 20 years. And I'm seeing that you're not going to have the same opportunities that I had with Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. And then I add the incivility in this country. You were driving back. I hope it's okay to say a little personal story. You were driving back last Thursday, less than a week ago from Las Vegas. And I don't know where you were, roughly the 101 in Grand or whatever. And you got to see a little road rage incident. And then if I remember correctly, what you told me, the one car, a person took out a handgun and fired three times into the other vehicle. That was over, I don't know, somebody cut somebody off or whatever. Instead of backing down, we're, we're elevating to the point where we're shooting at each other. You know, there's people in Texas that are shooting a gun up in the air and the neighbors tell them to stop. So they shoot them all, shoot five people. You know, the, part of the digital currency, part of the change in our fiat currency, it's not going to sit well. It, people are going to panic. You've already got people drumming up their credit cards. They're nervous. You've got Target putting their shampoo behind loose site walls. You've got Walmart closing a bunch of, of stores. Why are they closing the stores, especially in what they call underserved communities? These companies are in it for profit. They don't care about the community. How dumb are we that we think a Walmart's in my neighborhood because they want to be good citizens and make sure I have fresh produce. They're in it for money. There's nothing left in this world but money and no money. And the no money is going to be scrubbed out and, and erased in this country. And it's coming at us like a freight train. So- <laughs> I do get myself worked up, don't I? Anyway, see, and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worry about social security because I invested in pensions. All my old 401ks <laughs> rolled it into a fixed index annuity meant to be a pension in the future. So, I'm already I'm already on my way. That is so dumb. You had an opportunity to invest all of your retirement money in Bitcoin and Dogecoin and cheap. Oh, I mean, I would have made a ton more money had I done yes. that, but that's in hindsight looking back, right? Which is so obnoxious because I still, I mean, I still don't see any value of it. Had I known, you know, if I had a little time machine, would I invest? Of course, I would invest a ton in it. I still don't believe in it, but things are always <laughs> easier to uh, look back in hindsight. So I don't know, is this... Maybe this will get us off topic, but you get us off topic all of the time. So I'm going to take my chance for that. Speaking of in hindsight, right? Because we don't know what the future holds. We're estimating, guesstimating that, uh, you know, all they're telling us not to worry about stuff um, and that everything's going to be fine. And you listen to our radio show and we're saying, no, that's not the case. Well, 2008, we already know what happened in 2008, you know, started in 2007. And in 2009, when I first got into the office, Jared was like, go back, go back and read articles and speeches of the Fed 
talking about the situation and saying how everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be okay, until it wasn't. So we know, looking back, we know that 2008 wasn't okay, but we can also look back and see some of the stuff that the Fed said about 2007, just like they told us inflation was transitory. Uh, they didn't see it lasting very long. COVID wasn't going to affect anything, blah, blah, blah. So from March 21st, 2007, the FOMC statement from the Fed, recent indicators have been mixed and the adjustment in housing sector is ongoing. Nevertheless, the economy seems likely to continue to expand at a moderate pace over the coming quarters. What does that tell you, JR? It says, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. In April, the U.S. Economic, economic Outlook from Frederick S. Mishkin, more recently developments in the subprime mortgage market have raised some additional concern about near-term prospects in the housing sector. A sharp rise in delinquencies on variable interest rate loans to subprime borrowers and the exit of a number of subprime lenders in the market have led to tighter terms and standards on such loans. While these problems have caused undeniable hardship for many families and communities, spillovers to other segments of the mortgage market or to financial markets in general appear to have been minimal. In August 31st, Housing House Finance and Monetary Policy Chairman Ben Ber Bernanke this one's funny. This one says it is not the responsibility of the Federal Reserve, nor would it be appropriate to protect lenders and investors from the consequences of their financial decisions. But developments in financial markets can have broad economic effects that can melt to many outside markets, and the Federal Reserve must take those effects into account when determining policy. I mean, what are we seeing right now? We just said that the Fed is broke, the government's broke, FDIC is broke, and we're bailing out all these people. So lastly, September 10th, outlook and risk for the U.S. economy, Frederick Mishkin again. Indeed, at this point, housing demand seems likely to be crimpled further by a marked reduction in the availability of mortgages and consumer and business spending also could be dampened as consequence of recent financial turmoil. In light of these events, we will need to make the best possible real-time judgments about to the extent to which these recent developments in financial markets are likely to affect economic activity in the period ahead. That said, the economy ended the second quarter on quite a positive note. These are all things in the year leading up to the biggest crash since the Great Depression, and all they're saying is it's going to be fine. So do you believe the Fed, the government, and everybody telling you that things are going to be fine this time around, or do you listen to JR and Anthony at Another Money Show and go back to listen to past episodes of Another Money Show where you can hear us on this same stance? for the last year with more evidence of things getting worse, not getting better. So that's my Give off topic. Give us a call at 623-523-0444. And we'll tell you who to believe. You know, yeah. you talked about the media. You started this out by saying it's sensationalism. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, the government's job is the exact opposite. Everything's going to be okay until it isn't. You know, we didn't have to take our shoes off the airport until we did. You know, Israel was having armed guards at their airport years and years before we ever had to worry about it. They were proactive, not reactive. 
we don't seem to subscribe to that philosophy. So funny that you bring that up because I didn't know you were going to bring that up today, but we are being told everything's okay again. You know, Jamie Dimon just said on Monday that we, you know, we can breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, we're here to save the bank. So we don't have to worry. Yeah. Oh, geez. And didn't say that after SVB too happened in signature bank they came out and said oh well this is the last of it and now first republic oh this is the last of it so what's going to be next after credit Suisse, this was the last of it it's the last of it until the next one right and moody's downgraded the entire industry a rating agency said i wouldn't touch any banks so yeah well little shout out to leon we've got a friend named leon who lives in phoenix and in snowflake arizona he's a snowbird so leon sent me an article a couple weeks back and it it, it kind of says what is going on under the radar is not so good. Year over year, commercial bankruptcy filings were up 24% <laughs> compared to March of 2022. While just chapter 11 bump. filing, I'm sorry? I said just a casual bump, 24%. Correct. And I continue. Chapter 11 filings, including subchapter 5, increased by 79%. This is year over year. Total individual filings. Now we're getting to the people that are maxed out their credit cards and they don't they don't know what to do now. They still need food, but they don't have any room on their credit cards. They don't have any money. What do they do? You know, the layoffs, geez, now we have to worry about David's Bridal and Bed Bath and & Beyond and they're, they're falling like flies. Indeed, Indeed has a huge, huge advertising campaign going on on AM radio right now and they are laying off droves of people. Where do the people from Indeed go? Do they go to, you know, monsterjob.com? Yeah. Do they post their job on Indeed after they've been fired? I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, this is all crazy town. So back to Leon, total individual filings increased by 17%. That's a very small number compared to that earlier. You know, I said uh, 79% on corporate. So 17%. Separate data from the S&P Global Market Intelligence showed 71 corporate bankruptcy petitions in March, up from 58 in February. So it's trending up. I mean, that's what I get from that. The fourth straight month of increases and the highest monthly total since July of 2020. What could possibly have been going on in July of 2020 that caused some personal financial pain? Oh yeah, COVID. The financial- The (laughs) finance- Bat soup. The financial and healthcare sectors- saw the highest amount of bankruptcy filings, according to the data. That's that's odd, because where does money flow? Financial and healthcare sectors, but who am I to judge? According to the data, although filings were seen across the energy, communication, and real estate sectors. By the way, kids, low inventory. Maricopa County, I'm looking at you. Low inventory on the housing market. Hang on. I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I need to find the date I said it. I told all my realtor friends, start dusting off that owner's manual on foreclosures and short sales. I am guessing that that wave's coming back. I think when the layoffs continue, I think when the money gets sketchy, I think this market is not going to sustain the way it is right now. Low inventory is keeping the housing prices up. I do not expect two years from now for that to be the case, but we will see. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, so this is all my opinion, never fact. I have no, I have a tinfoil hat. I just don't have a crystal ball. I have a lot of hats. I should start wearing a hat every episode for the YouTube videos. This is my <laughs> Monopoly hat. 
when the when the corporate bankruptcy gets worse and there's a bunch of real estate for sale at 40% off, I'm going to put this hat on. Doug, here's your clip. I'm going to put this hat on and I am going to buy commercial real estate buildings at 40% off. Anthony, will you fund that? Because I don't have any money. I mean, help me fund this. <laughs> All right. Next week, I'm going to have my tinfoil hat ready because it is actually very funny. I don't have it within reach. I put it on now for yeah, Doug. We love the Doug. You know, we we're, we we're making jokes before we started about, about Doug and smoking cigars and all kinds of stuff. But Doug, you are doing a bang up job. These YouTube videos are incredible. The, the music, I love going out with music. All right. So Anthony, why don't we talk about uh, people that have inside knowledge for real, people that do seem to know what's coming and, and then buying stocks. Do you have anything to say about that? Oh, well, I definitely don't agree that Congress should be able to own individual stocks. I mean, they're, there's so much evidence of insider trading and nothing happens. Actions have no consequences. That's the theme of this show because we're, we're seeing, you know, the causes, but where are the effects? You know, what, what is happening? So they only arrest Martha Stewart apparently for insider trading, but come into, uh, come into the house, right? Uh, Matt Gates, AOC bipartisan bill to ban stock trading. You think this one goes through for Congress? Yeah, yeah, because I've been in my office 26 years and and so many have gone through. Don't forget when Pelosi just recently, within the last year, I think that was 2022, you know, I mean, oh, it, we, we, we have to stop. It's not appropriate. I have article after article showing that you are never going to stop because, again, George Carlin, it's a big club and you ain't in it. If I had access to this information that they have. If I knew of legislation that would potentially pass that would change a sector and I knew that I could profit by those stocks, I would do it too. I'm not a hypocrite. I think these legislators and these executives are very smart. They're rich and I'm not. So who's the dummy? You know, Sandy watches The Mass Singer. I do not. Who's the one that's going to have a stroke? Me, every single week. Here's, here's one article right in front of me. At least nine lawmakers sold bank stocks. This is timely. Sold bank stocks during the recent turmoil. <laughs> nine members of Congress just profited by the, the pain that some, you know we're supposedly heading towards. I won't name names. Josh well, Gottheimer, a New Jersey Democrat and member of the Financial Services Committee. Let me say that slower. A member of the Financial Services Committee disclosed a March 9th sale of shares in, wait for it, not Toys R Us. Wait, that's gone. Montgomery Ward. No, no, no. Sears. No. Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> Michael C. in Sun City. Quick shout out. Sent us an article just this morning. Bank pain is just getting started. Ex-Fed President Kaplan says. So I thought, well, that's a good article. Because I do also agree that the bank pain is just getting started. So I went ahead and read this. I'm not going to tell you what I was sitting on when I read. Usually I'm on Facebook when I'm sitting there. But so anyway, so I'm reading this thing. And I'm like, this is this is interesting. This, this dude must know what he's talking about. He's the ex-president of the Fed. The Fed, you know, the people that are in debt and all that stuff. And then, and then I get three quarters of the way through this beautiful USA Today article. And wait till you hear this. 
it says here, it is more important to be able to sustain the current rate for an extended period of time longer than the market thinks than to get another 25 to 50 basis points and risk having to cut again. Okay, so he's talking about the interest rates. And then I get to this little gem right here. I think that will be very troubling, said Kaplan, who left, wait for it, the Fed in 2021, wait for this, after disclosures about his trading activity <laughs> that do that drew criticism for potential conflicts of interest the president of the fed the let me let me go slower so the president of the fed wait go back to josh from new jersey member of the financial services committee get rid of all of these people we're not going to get term limits. We need to get rid of these people. We need to start over. We need to abolish the two-party system. We need to flush the toilet. Start over. These are people that are in charge of our financial matters. You know, the, the walking, talking cartoon, Janet Yellen. Let's talk about her for a second. Do you think she's going to be okay if they cut Social Security? I've been kind of worried about her lately. Do you think we can start a GoFundMe? You know, I mean, for this Kaplan dude, is he going to be okay? Are these people that are doing insider training? You know, Martha Stewart goes to jail. These people go to the Bahamas. Good Lord. Are, you know, we they are get promotions. They get bonuses. <laughs> they get bonuses while we get shafted. The Silicon Valley bank guy, what did he do? Make like 9 million or something right before the crash. The rich get richer, the poor hover, and the middle class are shrinking on steroids. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And until we wake up and get off the couch, until we start, you know, I asked you to reach out to your legislators on the UCC. That's one way to slow down the roll with this digital currency. Nobody did it. I, I've asked a few people that I directly asked to help me in this fight. Nobody did it. We don't care. We don't care until we do. When things change, we'll care. You know, when, when we have to, we'll start adapting. As you said, we'll start. I just think it's going to be, uh, unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of turmoil. I think there's going to be physical violence. I think there's going to be some growing pains in this country that we are not prepared for. So hang on. With that said, I think we've somehow run out the clock. You know, this the first half of the show, I was too scattered. It was a little boring. I know you're going to get on me for that later. So I'll just admit right now it was horrible. But there the second go. half, this is juicy. I can't wait to listen to this on Saturday. Yeah, we're good. That's yeah, what the whole this is good. show should be. Let's just do this all the time. Let's just rant all the time. Let's just, uh, let's just bring articles and let's, yeah, let's get on these people. And by the way, I mean, you know, I'm still going to be picked up by a van. There's no way you can talk this much about all these people and sooner or later, you're not going to end up missing, but that that's all right. Cause I'm going to go out knowing I did what's right for you and for Jay right. and for Nick. So and for, for, that, for now, that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, have questions about any of the topics today or want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, reach out to us team at another You can find us on the web at another You can schedule an appointment right from the website. Check out old episodes of Another Money Show wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Please like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. There are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. We'll see you again right here on 960 The Patriot next Saturday at noon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes from the Biden administration, and how it could affect your retirement? Then listen to Another Money Show with J.R. Rochford and Anthony Correo. Learn how you can reduce the taxes you pay before and during retirement. Another Money Show every Saturday at 4 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. Schedule your free no-obligation consultation now by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444.